Hello, welcome to episode number two of the Disney Hipster Podcast, a show critiquing the aesthetic choices of the Disney company. My name is Adam, and I write for the Disney Hipster blog. I'm joined as always by my co-host, Andrew. Hello there. On today's show, we're going to analyze the aesthetic pros and cons of Fantasyland in both Disneyland and the Magic Kingdom in Florida. Before we jump into the main topic, we're going to introduce a new segment called Good Design, Bad Design. Good design, bad design, any way you slice it, it's a real fun time. If we share, it's yours and mine, only if it's good design. In Good Design, Bad Design, we pick one specific aspect of the company, and each pick a well-executed example, as well as one that kind of sucks. For this first go-around, I decided that we're going to do uh, Good Design, Bad Design for fur characters. These are meet and greet characters that do not speak, aka not princesses or Aladdin or any of those uh, talkative chaps. So Adam, what is your uh, good design, bad design for fur character meet and greets? Um, Okay, so for good design, I'm going to start with Eeyore. Meet and greet Eeyore. Um, I guess for a number of reasons, he's, he's well designed. He's super soft and fuzzy, like any good meet and greet character is. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a good dichotomy between the light and dark gray that they use. Right. Um, the costume itself implies a lot of weight. Mm-hmm. So you know, he has a, like a really oversized head and he's kind of fat in the gut and it has like a sort of hanging belly and just a wide costume overall, mm-hmm. which is, you know, makes it seem somewhat real. Um, and then it has such, like, it has extra details such as like the black stitching, his, uh, his, tail. his button tail, his hair. His like sort of cut, sculpted, floppy hair, which yeah, is really awesome. Um, his eyes are really well designed and really well placed. Hmm. And he comes across as being just the right amount of sad, I think. And he's mopey, and he's one of the characters that yeah, has to sign the autograph book with it on his nose. Which I oh, I just stole your thing. Which I just think is the cutest thing. That was just a bonus. That wasn't even to do anything with design. But, but anyway, it's so that cute, was it. though. But my bonus, yes, how he signs the autograph book I by putting it on top that. of his nose I love when he is awesome. Um, so that's my my good design. Uh, my bad design, I'm um, staying in the family mm-hmm. who characters. Oh God! Oh, is Tigger gross? Uh, the not so wonderful thing about Tigger. Is that Tigger is neon orange. Why is he neon orange? I don't know. Um, He's neon orange. The black is just too black. Like, yes, they're fake, fuzzy characters, but they still need to look like they could have been made in reality. I I don't think he could have And unnatural colors. It just does not work. And that that goes, any good artist will tell you that. Yeah, that neon orange is horrible. He looks like he's working at a construction site. Yeah. And you're right, though, about the black being too black. That's the weirdest thing, but it's true. And not only that, but I'm really scared of the six foot seven basketball player that's inside of there. Yeah. He's, that's just creepy. I'll get to, to that, too, but um, he just looks unnatural overall. Um, I think the body itself has no padding. So yeah. unlike the Eeyore costume... It's creepy when it's, you hug him. He just looks like a human in a suit. Yeah. So it looks like someone took a fuzzy suit and yeah. put it on a human body and then put this really big awkward head on top of it. Yeah. And then let's not even get started with the head. It's just large and weird. And His face looks misshaped. His eyes are not in like a good triangle shape so it doesn't, it just doesn't look like he has a soul behind it. Mm. Um, his nose is black. I don't know if anyone's ever noticed but if Tigger's nose 
is pink in the films. Why is the mean green characters black? Yeah. Again, that horrible jet black, I do not know. Um, and probably the worst thing of all is that he has no whiskers. Yeah. Why doesn't he have whiskers? And that's, it's not to say we haven't had good interactions with them, because sometimes the characters are actually, oh, yeah, yeah. they're really well played by whoever's playing these yeah. characters. They're great, but the costume is just horrible. The, that neon orange walking through Fantasyland is very jarring. Yeah. When you see him walking over to their little meet and greet over there sometimes, it's very jarring, it's too bright. No color like that exists in the parks, it's just yeah. ugly. I mean, I don't understand also from the aspect of the other Pooh costumes, because the, right. the Pooh, the Piglet, uh, the Eeyore are all sort of the natural colors, very, very similar to the films. Mm -hmm. Sort of muted, you know, muted dark colors or light colors, but muted colors in general. And I don't know why he is not a muted orange like he should be. Yeah. So, all right. That's it. All right. So my uh, good fur character uh, meet and greet costume is uh, that of Big Al from the Country Bear Jamboree. Um, it, it's funny because we didn't discuss this beforehand, but one of the reasons I picked Big Al is that I think exactly the same thing as you is that he has heft to him. Yes, it's, he's, it's it looks in. it look it doesn't look like a person in a costume. It looks like the country bear. Yeah, you know, and you never question when you see co yeah. costumes like his, you don't question as a person inside of it. Right, right, which right. I do with certain other characters. Right, exactly, and I th I think uh, when I was thinking about this. The fact is that this is based on a non-movie character. It's an original mm -hmm. attraction character. And because they had a tangible 3D thing to look at and create a costume for, I think it made it easier to make it look like Big Al from the Country Bear Jamboree. And he looks identical. He really does. I don't know what they use. I, I think maybe it's a giant hula hoop inside <laughs> of his costume that makes Probably. him bounce and Oh, it makes the person inside move so wonderfully. Can you imagine how much that weighs, though? It, well, it, I, that's the thing, I think, because the hula hoop, or whatever they're using inside for structure, and I think it probably doesn't weigh that much. Mm. But uh, he has everything to go along with his costume. He has a red vest and his hat. The only thing he's missing is a guitar, which would be awesome. If, if, they, awesome. Ever, if they ever get a talking big gal to sing Blood on the Saddle, I would be very happy. Um, this is a character you don't see too often, but he does really break it down in the Frontierland Hotel. I was going to say that. He, he dances his ass off. He breaks it down. I don't Where know if you've are ever they seen... finding these people? And the characters that start the hoedown yeah. vary, but when oh. he starts it, it's totally it's, it's out the, of control. It's the best. Watching Big like, Al by mm -hmm. himself, he's just like jumping and kidding. I mean, I, I right. really commend the cast member that's inside and the engineers of the costume. And if you've never actually like sat that. and watched the Frontierland Hoedown, please sit and watch it, because it's actually tons of fun. Yeah, and wonderful. you get to meet the characters beforehand. Yes, and hopefully Wendell doesn't throw up when you touch him. Exactly. Wendell throws up. Okay. Um, for my bad design character costume, I'm going with Timon from The Lion King. Oh, God. We've only met him once during a Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween party, and not only was the person inside incredibly awkward, it was weird. Um, but because what I was saying earlier is this is based on a 2D animated film, uh -huh. so they didn't have something tangible to look at. Okay, so they're looking at sure. something super, super skinny, unrealistically skinny. You're not going to find a human small enough to accurately portray this person, and Correct. it looks like a person in a spandex suit. This is similar to, to Tigger. Yeah, yeah, I think it's funny because we didn't talk about this, but that's exactly right. It looks too much like a tiny little little person, uh -huh. super skinny little person in a costume with a big awkward Giant head, head. Yeah. and an equally awkward tail. If you uh -huh. catch him at the right <laughs> angle, 
It looks like his <laughs> Can I say that? I don't know. I might have to, should we bleep that? Anyway, it's awkward. It's very awkward. And the person playing him isn't very good either. Yeah, it just, it just seems weird. Especially, I think when it's really, really tiny characters like that, it just, it just seems weird to me. Yeah. Like, I, especially like when it's comparatively to other characters. Like, in the Pooh universe, all those characters, yes, they're smaller than humans would be, but they're all about the same size. Right. Whereas he is much smaller than right. the other characters in The Lion King, but then he's full size when you meet him. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, it's weird. I know it's suspended sus disbelief, but it just seems weird. Yeah, exactly. He's too, it's weird. It's yeah. just weird. He should be a one of the living characters, kind of like Remy. Yeah. I feel like that would be really neat. That if would they, be great. Maybe they had a uh, living character, Timon, at Tusker House. Mm -hmm. That would be really cool, like a little mini animatronic, because I don't think this character works well yes. as a human-sized character. Yes. It's weird. Plus, he doesn't talk, and that's his whole thing. Disney, take note. Yeah, take note. So we just got back from our very first trip to Disneyland, and uh, we thought while it was still fresh in our minds that we might start a new series where we compare and contrast the two parks, Disneyland and the Magic Kingdom in Florida. And we thought we'd start today with the heart of both the Magic Kingdom and Disneyland, which is Fantasyland. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's high points and low points for each one. Um, I think we should start maybe with the castle. You know, they're the icons of both of the parks and uh, one of them, you know, in my mind is definitely more attractive than the other and that's Sleeping Beauty Castle in Disneyland. Yeah, I mean, I kind of go I kind of go both ways. I don't really prefer either one. I don't love either one of the castles. Um, I think um, both were designed by Imagineer Herb Ryman, I think mm -hmm. is his name. Herb Ryman, yeah. Yeah. So, um, and so they're kind of similar. I mean, it seems like the Cinderella Castle is just sort of a taller, more forced perspective version of uh, the Sleeping Beauty Castle. Um, same sort of rock work on the bottom, same sort of sort of smooth tops. Right. Um, um, I think the rock work um, is a little bit better on Sleeping Beauty Castle than Cinderella Castle. On, on Cinderella Castle, it's just, it's too perfect in a way. They try to make it a little random by having those sort of dark gray bricks with the random light gray bricks in. Right. But it, it's not textured at all, at all, the bricks are all even. And what castle have you ever seen that has perfectly even brickwork? Right. Well, that's the thing. There's no brickwork. You know, it's I mean, all, I know it's fake, it's, but... It's so... It's yeah. so... It's all fake, but it's trying to look real and random. And in doing so, it looks really fake. fake. Yes. It looks really fake. And the thing is, you mentioned that, um, you know, it's, it has more force perspective, the Cinderella Castle, but it actually doesn't. Mm. It's uh, twice, as, twice as tall mm. as Disneyland's uh, Sleeping Beauty Castle. And so it actually has less force perspective. The um, the thing I like the most about the Disneyland castle, that's a uh, Sleeping Beauty castle, is that the color scheme sort of transcends time and the fact that it's still very contemporary feeling. Mm -hmm. I love that the very uh, unique pink color of it is very contemporary and it sort of transcends time, as opposed to the Magic Kingdom castle, the Cinderella castle. I just think it looks extremely dated even though it got a recent paint overall. Yeah, I was gonna say the design is very flat and modern yeah. as of its time of construction. Absolutely. AKA as we it, say, uh, say it a lot in the 1970s. It screams the, it screams the 70s. It and really the thing is, is the is, nobody the 70s. thinks back on the 70s 
fondly as far as design Some goes. Things. But is but people do really look back at the 50s with a fondness, you know, because mm -hmm. the design back then was beautiful. Sure. Yeah, I mean, this, and the sides are really, well, I guess the upper parts of the castles, yeah. you know, yeah. on both of them are really flat to me. Right. And I find it's really weird going from this, like, fake brick base that aren't all that good mm. um, up to these really, really smooth, right, not textured, painted yeah. surfaces. It I looks, mean, it, it just, just looks corny. bad. And yeah. I, yeah, I, I, I mean, Disney seems to be getting away from it now, thank God. Well, I, I always kind of thought of Cinderella Castle as it grandiose for grandiose sakes, you know? It is. D literally doubling the size on their second park ever mm. and trying to like sort of shock and awe everyone, look how big everything is. You know, the Magic Kingdom is twice as big as Disneyland and the castle is twice as big, but oh, we're going to have a quarter of the amount of attractions in Fantasyland, which is a problem. Yeah. You know? And yeah. the thing is... The inner workings of the castle, too, is really underutilized. Mm -hmm. You know, we have the bibbidi-boppity brothel, the restaurant, and a couple stores or whatever. It's but true. there's no real attraction no. in Cinderella Castle. And the, only, and the only thing, the store used to be awesome when it had swords and stuff in it, but now that's all gone. Mm -hmm. um, the only really great thing about the interior in, in Cinderella Castle is the mosaic murals yeah, by far wonderful. um you know they just picked the cinderella story it's about five i think it's five murals it's, altogether it's like five panels um and uh they were designed by an imagineer named darthea redmond i believe um if i'm saying it correctly um but what's really sort of interesting is that although she designed it it was actually put together by a mosaic artist um, who also, well, in his previous work was actually a Nazi interrogator. That's awesome. Who came over to the United States to testify against some other folks and ended up staying awesome. and becoming a uh, mosaic artist. Yeah, yeah really, that's great. Really weird. And then, uh, as a side note, he also did the really, really, really wonderful mosaics in the land pavilion at Epcot. Yeah, that's as you're coming awesome. into the land, you yeah. see those beautiful uh, mosaics. Those are great. So I don't know what else about the castles. Um, I love the uh, castle walkthrough at Disneyland. I just think it's a beautiful ode to Ivan Earl, who did a lot of the concept art for uh, the Sleeping Beauty movie. Mm -hmm. It's really just a terrific, you know, bonus. Yeah. That didn't have to be there. No. You know, it really didn't have to be there. It didn't debut with the park, nothing like that. You know, and the revamp of it is just gorgeous. The special effects are so cool. Mm -hmm. They're just cool. When you see uh, Maleficent's shadow at the end, that's really just neat. And that didn't have to be there, but it is there. And that's the wonderful thing about Disneyland is every nook and cranny is filled with something magical like that uh -huh. that you never forget. And, and that's what's really funny is that the reason it was added is because Walt never wanted to waste space. Yeah, exactly. Which, it's really funny to me because Walt Disney World, it seems like the designers <laughs> never got the memo. You know, they, it's just they, like... <laughs> exactly. They never got, oh, we're going to waste as much space Spaces as you, possible. Yeah, we have the blessing of size, as Walt said, and so we're just not going to build anything. Yeah. <laughs> we have too much space. You know, it just doesn't work. It needs to be cozy in that. The yeah. castle's cozy, the little castle's nice. I mean, they both definitely have their perks, but... Yeah, I, I do understand, as much as I love Disney World, you know, and people always sort of, you know, I don't know. They don't like the Disneyland castle for one reason or another because they say, oh, it's not, you know, jaw-dropping or whatever. I think it's very charming, and I do love the it color scheme, and I think I think it's more appealing than the Cinderella castle, as much as I love 
you know, Disneyland, or Disney World, I'm sorry. It's just, I don't know, it's not an appealing castle to me. Yeah, I mean, for the most part, the only reason Cinderella Castle is considered better by a lot of folks is because it's bigger. Because it's yeah. essentially, again, and the same castle. And if you've been to Disneyland Paris, Sleeping Beauty Castle there just is what a castle should look like. Yeah, their castle, I think, trumps both of the others. Yeah, so, stateside, yeah. Um, yeah, it's really it. I mean, the only other high points I really have is the, um, the moat and plant work around Sleeping Beauty Castle is a lot better. Yeah. Again, I like the plants a lot. It's a lot. There's a the lot more of them. The plants in Disneyland are better. Period. Yeah, but it's it's just it's just it's more encompassing and it really like blocks the view of everything. Yeah. Like you could, although Cinderella Castle is very big, you could sort of see around it and that mm -hmm. kind of thing, which you really can't with Sleeping Beauty Castle. Yeah. And then plus it has real gold leaf on it, yeah. which is really awesome. That is um, awesome. Especially that. Uh, Walt really, really wanted it, and Roy told him no, and then Roy left for a business trip, and he had it installed while he was gone. That's because Walt did what he wanted. Exactly. So, and awesome. I also, yeah. Well, going to the back side of the castle, you know, we're walking through the gates, you get the feeling, you pass the gold spike, you know, mm -hmm. signifying the center of the park. We're going to get to the actual heart of Fantasyland, and uh, that is a wonderful little area in the back, and most of the dark rides are actually... Uh, inside of the castle technically if you think about it like that the walls extending from it and here's one of the biggest problems i have you can see that i am a huge uh, proponent for disneyland is that the disneyland fantasyland has five dark ride attractions as opposed to the now that snow white's here adventure is closed the now two that are in uh cinderella castle which i just think is the most ridiculous thing i've ever heard in my life yeah, it's, it's pretty awful. Um, yeah. I don't really understand it, especially that they have so much space. You know, it seems like, again, they, they, it's like always like, oh, let's build $200 million attractions. We need to build more $200 million attractions right. that wow people. You know, and like, quite honestly, like, you know, the mermaid attraction is great, but it's, I really would much rather have a poo or a snow or right. something like that. And really just multiple, like, right. I don't understand why they can't squish in, you know, throw Mr. Toad back in there somewhere. Throw. I don't understand. I don't why understand. Why not close Snow? I mean, I don't understand why they would close Snow White for a meet and greet. I do understand we're getting the Seven Dwarfs Mine Train. That's going to be awesome, but um, why would we add a meet and greet when we could just put it in New Fantasyland and still have another dark ride? That just seems like such wasted space. Yeah, or you put, know, and put the meet and greet like I don't closing one attraction to build another. Yeah. Why close one? Why not just have an extra attraction? Well, you have that store that's right adjacent to Philhar Magic. Yeah. And like, I feel like that whole space is really huge. You know, it's that wasted That butts up against space. the Utilidors. Like, why not make that the Princess Meanery? Yeah. How big does it need to be? Right, exactly. Well, it apparently needs to be humongous. Um, anyway, on the other side of the castle, once you go through, one of the big differences uh, in feel is that the Magic Kingdom is extremely open. There's no trees. And I know this is all going to change with New Fantasyland. I should preface that by saying that we do understand this is right before a humongous major expansion. And we know everything's going to change, which is kind of why we're talking about this now and but, not waiting yeah, until we're, it opens. We're comparing our, yes. our historic Fantasyland right. for our trips that we've been on. Right, exactly. <laughs> but uh, on the other side, uh, it's just vast and expansive. There's no trees. It feels... At the same time, it feels very claustrophobic because there's so many people, and it, you know, for the last couple of years, there's been those horrible walls there. But um, the Disneyland Fantasyland, we're talking the main section before you go over to uh, It's a Small World. 
It's very cozy, like I said, mm -hmm. but you never feel claustrophobic. You have a lot of things going on. You have so many attractions that you could spend your whole day in Fantasyland alone, you know? And attractions that don't need to be there. We're talking like Casey Jr. train, the storybook land canal boats. These are things that are not people eaters, mm -hmm. you know? And it, and you don't feel like you're being herded like cattle. Yeah, but it, it, all, it really adds to the atmosphere of the whole thing. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, and then plus you have the obvious atmosphere things like, you know, the general design of the fantasy lands. Like in Disneyland, you have, you know, it's themed to a Bavarian village. Yeah. Tons of like really good rock work as right. opposed to the bad rock work on the castle. Right. And we understand um, that it didn't open like that. And then in 1983, there was a major yes, overhaul. But the, the, the thing is, the Magic Kingdom Fantasyland never got that overhaul. Exactly. And it still looks like it's very flat, vinyl it's, material everywhere. It's, it's fake Renaissance it, uh, time. It's fake in it's, the you worst know it's way. Like, it's like fake Renaissance community theater. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like if a community theater was going to get a bunch of plywood, and paint it to look like a Robin Hood set. Right. That's what the facades look the, like. The and facades, that goes from the facades of, you know, just everything. The facades in Disneyland are, are wonderful. The brickwork on Mr. Toad alone, he has the beautiful little statue of him. He's holding mm -hmm. a monocle that actually has a little piece of glass in it. It's little details like that that are just wonderful. Um, Ours are just cardboard. Yeah, and they have it. <laughs> Slate shingles on all the roofs, the different themed weather vanes that are terrific in Disneyland. Mm. It's just little details like that that are completely lacking in the Magic Kingdom. And again, I know we've said it, but the Magic Kingdom just feels like the 1970s. It does. You know, and, and they're they're headed in the right direction for sure. We both really love the Winnie the Pooh. Q, yes. the new one. It is that is an absolute high point terrific. of our fantasy land at the, in its current state. The inclusion of texture yes. and plants, I know that's something I always go back on, but the inclusion of texture and plants is just wonderful and it's uh I think they're headed in the right direction. It looks like New Fantasyland is gonna be tons of that, which is great. And I hope that they extend that to the other existing queues. Mm -hmm. You know, it seems like maybe Peter Pan might get that. Uh, yeah, I mean I, I hope so. I, I, I can't imagine I mean, I'd be really disappointed if they finished the expansion and yeah. did not completely refer the rest of it. Because, I mean, those facades are awful. They're just yeah. cardboard. They, they need to look like something. And then, of course, the, the low know? point, the low point as far as facades go, the biggest disappointment is our It's a Small World facade. Yeah. It's ridiculous. I know it's uh, there's a problem because of all the rain in Florida, but you can still have the clock. You can make that happen on the outside mm -hmm. of the queue. Because the, the facade yeah. is just, it's so bland. I'd be okay, like, because, I mean, if you think about where Pan is, where the new princess thing's going to be, mm -hmm. um, Phil Magic, See, that's... Small World, it's, it, it all really is supposed to be, theoretically, coming out of the castle walls. Yeah, so, but that's but the just, same in just Disneyland, it, too. But just theme it to, like, to blend it into the castle wall so it all looks like rock and it's like one flowing piece as opposed to this, like, but, you but... know, you have rock wall to, to plywood. <laughs> The thing is, there's actual, uh, the Disneyland facades actually look like little buildings, you know? Correct. And you can see yeah. that, oh, there's Mr. Toad, because I see the statue of him outside, and there's a sign, and there's people going in. And you go into Mr. Toad's house. Mm -hmm. The queue is in his house, which is just a adorable. Toad Hall, I should say. Toad Hall. And, it's, and, and it's, it's adorable. And it's adorable. It's so wonderful. At Disney World, at the Magic Kingdom, everything is so flat 
and you don't know what you're going into besides the like sign, uh -huh. you know, the, the, everything feels very secretive. Like, oh, there's a very flat wall and I'm going to walk into it and I don't know what I'm getting myself into. Oh, this is Peter Pan. Ooh, here yeah. I am. I mean, for the, our, the first bunch of trips I took to Disney World, I really had no idea some of the attractions existed. Yeah. Like until I started to read about it, like you could just walk right past stuff and have no idea. Like, like Phil Har Magic. As much yeah. as as much as I think that's a, a wonderful it's a great attraction. Wonderful attraction. I think it's great, and I know that that's always been a theater. You know, Mickey Mouse Review, and then the Lion King show, and then you know, uh, what was it? Magic Journeys was there. I know it's always been a show, but I think that, and I do love Phil Har Magic. Don't get me wrong, but I think that could be a dark ride as well. That mm -hmm. should be a dark ride. Fantasyland is all about dark rides. Yeah. You know, and there's just, the fact that there's two, that's just ridiculous, that's a, a shame. Because mm. the five that are in Disneyland, it's, it's ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, and as, as sold as, I mean, I'm pretty excited about the expansion, and so far it looks just amazing. Yeah, the but they're design, only adding, they're yeah, only adding, they're not adding, they're much. adding two attractions. The design but they, is and right they took, on. And but... they already took one away. Yeah. So we're getting one additional attraction. Exactly, but That's the ridiculous. other thing is like, what are we getting? Yeah, what like, are we getting? Yeah, that mine coaster seems really awesome, but it's not. How big could it possibly be? How long is it going to be? Well, yeah, I'm sure. It, I'm sure. Forty-five, it, uh, two minutes. You, you know? know, I'm sure it will be great. I'm sure it's going to be terrific. And the, the fact of the matter is that all the uh, the water, you know, the water, like there's a little river and a waterfall. There's going to actually be trees there, which I think is terrific. And I'm sure that they've learned their lesson with with texture here and they're retheming all of Fantasyland. That'll be great. But they're doing this because they want to ex expand the park. They need to expand it by adding attractions. Yes. You know, and we're only getting one one extra attraction because they closed one. Yeah, they're essentially just adding walkways. Yeah. And like why, I mean, even like the, you know, the Beauty and the Beast stuff, like it's really a meet and greet in a restaurant. Yeah. Which is cool and all, but like why, why didn't you build a dark ride? Yeah. Like, it's, why isn't that a Beauty and the Beast so... dark ride like, instead of a restaurant? Or make it two stories and put the dark ride in the bottom and the restaurant above Dark it. rides are, are probably the most inexpensive thing for them to build, you know? Mm -hmm. It doesn't need to be a crazy extravaganza. As much as we love Ariel's Undersea Adventure at DCA, which really is terrific, great dark ride, and then we know that one was more expensive, but make an old school one. Yeah, but it's that's a different that's just yeah, that's a different, a different thing. It is a different thing. Make an old school dark ride. I don't mind the cardboard cutouts. I think they're awesome. I love them. Actually I'm I really am gonna miss the Snow White's very adventure. I mean we don't care about kids because we don't have them. But at the same time, Disney you are there mostly for little kids. Or at and, least at least that's who's going and that's and really who's frequencing fantasy lands. And, and I, I yeah, we love them too, rides. but but you have that's what kids really want to go on. Yeah, you know they, they just they respond to just bright colors and sort of flat shapes and all that. You know, so. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, so that uh, I guess the facades, you know, I guess in Disneyland they are awesome, and in Disney World they kind of suck. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Anyway, except for Pooh. Pooh is Pooh is terrific. Yeah. Yeah, I like Winnie the Pooh. Pooh's Pooh's definitely a high point. Yeah, he's good. Um, so another. A low point, something that Magic Kingdom has better, is that we have snacks in Fantasyland. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. I was going to write that down, but I didn't. Yeah, I, and it sounds kind of stupid, but I really like, especially soft serve. You just can't get any soft serve in Disneyland. Yeah. It's horrible. Um, 
And the fact that you could like, you know, pop over to what was Mrs. Potts Cupboard and is now Storybook Treats and grab a cookie sundae oh, so and then sort of sit on the wall in front of Pooh and eat them or no, something like that. No, you don't sit on the wall in well, front you of Pooh. You go watch Sunny Eclipse. Okay, you watch Sunny Eclipse, that's fine. But you could, if you wanted to, if you were spending time in a beautiful new fantasy land, theoretically, you can get no, a snack. No, you still walk over and see Sunny Eclipse. And you could No matter what. No matter but what. No, that's right. They, they do have good snacks. I do like food snacks. I like that place. The only thing... Uh, if we're talking about food, the only thing that I like better in Disneyland is definitely the Pinocchio's Village House. I was going to say that I like the Pinocchio's Village House. If I mean, Disneyland I don't care about the restaurant. Much, it, the Disneyland one is much better. I feel like it's that's the other high point of Disney World is that that building and the inside of the building is right. really nice. It is. The really, restaurant is what I, is. See, the, the food is. there is not great. No, but it's the, not. But the, the food, building is awesome. The, and the food at Disneyland glass. is actually really great. The, see, I think that the building in Disneyland is better than the one in Disney World. Even though the one in Disney World overlooks Small World, which is really magical and awesome. And the murals are really neat, too. But they have those in Disneyland. Yeah, but, but I just, I don't know. I like the building. No, it's just I don't think the building I feel, I like, I feel like if the rest good. of Fantasyland looked like that building, right. it would definitely be in much is, better shape. It definitely <laughs> is one of the you know, more attractive buildings in Fantasyland and the Magic Kingdom, but the Disney, I still like the Disney. And this is going, better. this is also going from the fact that we would never eat there in a million years. Well, we, that's the thing. We did eat there at Disneyland. We would never eat at the one in Disney yeah, World. But Disneyland has something we could eat. And yeah. We're not going to eat pizza. They had an apple cheddar salad that was quite delish. Yeah. I enjoyed it. And I brought over a baked potato and corn from, what was it, Troubadour? Troubadour Tavern, Tavern yeah. Which is quite a walk, especially in the heat, especially with all the people looking at you like yeah. you're crazy because you have a big potato. Anyway, okay. so yeah, so that, yeah, the food, yeah, the food is uh, not great in Fantasyland, but uh, there is a couple little treats that we do mm. like to get. I do love that cookie sundae. Ooh, you know what's also good about our village house? What's that? The owl that sits on top of it all the time. The real owl? Uh-huh. Yeah, we saw a real stinking owl. Many it, times. It was a real owl. It sits on top of the village house and just sits there and waits to eat people. Yeah, it's gonna eat one of your kids. Yeah, so you, you need to be watch careful. Out. It's a real owl, not yeah, a fake a owl. Big, we saw it swoop down once. A big ass owl. Anyway, it will eat your children. It will. So be careful. Um, one of the things that uh, is sort of up in the ether of uh, what we want to talk about today is uh, the kinetic energy in both of these uh, parks. It's something that you hear Imagineers talking about all the time. Is sort of kinetic movement, and. Uh, God, I sound like I hate the Magic Kingdom, and I, I we talk about it in a very possessive thing. When we talk about Magic Kingdom, we talk about our park because we love it so much, and I don't want you to we live get there. the wrong opinion. Yeah, we live there. I mean, we, we are on Disney World property typically between 30 and 40 days a year. Every year. And so it really is like a second home. So we talk about it in a very uh, defensive manner, you know, but also very possessive. Like, that is our park. Anyway, what I was going to say is that the Magic Kingdom's Fantasyland has almost no kinetic movement. Even Dumbo has moved to the far end of the park where you don't see it through the castle, and that's mm -hmm. a crying shame. The only real movement you have there now is the carousel. Now, we're talking about uh, you know, attractions that you can see out in the open air moving and adding to the atmosphere of a park. At Disneyland, okay, not only do you have the carousel and Dumbo still, but you also have the canal boats, Casey Jr., you have their Mad Tea Party, which yes, of course we have Magic Kingdom, but it's covered mm. by a roof. But you also have Alice, the Alice in Wonderland Dark Ride goes outside too. Plus the Matterhorn. Plus you see the Matterhorn in the background. Thank you. Uh, the monorail mm. passing by, right by Alice. You have the train 
going right through the middle of it. Uh-huh. It's it's ridiculous it's how like much a movement. Small world. Small the world. Facade of small exactly. world. Oh god, it's so good. The train goes right in front of Small World. <laughs> yeah, it's wonderful. There's so much movement in the Fantasyland at Disneyland that it's uh, almost overwhelming. You know, it. Uh, Are you the Phantom Boats? You would think. Oh yeah, right. Phantom Boats. So the. Um, it, it's very uh, overwhelming. Sometimes there's lots of movement. It's great. It adds to the life. Like you could be the only person in that park, and if with all that movement, you would feel like so much is going on. Yeah. And it's it's terrific. And that's what the the Imagineers want is the, to feel like a very lively atmosphere. But at the Magic Kingdom, it's so static. Stiff. You know, you just so have the you just have the carousel. Everything there is very yeah, just like flat you said, it's very flat and stiff. <laughs> so I'm hoping it changes. You know, and I mean that's I'm, I'm guessing part of the the mine coaster is because we're sticking it right in the middle of everything and it's having it great. go in and out of the building. It's gonna know, be awesome, which will be nice. But they just need to put more stuff in there. I just don't understand why. I think why. the addition, I think the addition of trees, water, the mine coaster. I think it's really gonna the help. play areas. Yeah. As long as they update the existing facades, like the Peter Pan facade, is an embarrassment. There it is. But that I mean, we know they're getting the interactive queue. And expanding that, and they're going to put. Are they going to change that sign? That again, that sign is so. They're going to put in the Rapunzel's tower. And yeah, like all I that think stuff. It's so it, great. theoretically, if they redo all of that stuff, and they sort of, you know, I don't know. But they I would feel, still I feel like have they could to do a lot. They'd still have to redo the facade. The facade is the whole world, thing needs to be done. A small world yeah. and pan and fill her magic. If Correct. they update those facades, it will look so wonderful and add. Some stinking trees. Well, they're they're expanding the the wall with the the castle walls the are adding. Right. There's just no way they can't. It's gonna make you more can't colors have in. this yeah. ridiculously. Like I think Pooh, the reason Pooh went first. Yeah. Is that it smack across from right. that that refurb. So you know, or well, the expansion. So once the expansion's done, you can't have it staring at a half-ass design. Yeah. No, I think, I think so. Right. I mean, hopefully, as long as it's all in the budget, yeah. you know, they're they're gonna go through with it and and seeing how much. You know, Potter's land is up. Yeah, Hopefully I think you're right. It's been the kick in their ass to, to realize like people want to be immersed. Yeah. And in order to immerse people, it needs to be themed head to toe. I was thinking at this point, maybe we could compare and contrast some of the like attractions in the two fantasy lands. All right. Yeah. Um. So let's start with Dumbo. I mean, is Dumbo really in our fantasy land anymore? I'm not sure, but let's. Let's consider to say the Dumbo before they moved it. Well, Dumbo is is in Fantasyland, yes. Our Fantasyland has three different stinking areas. Yeah, but... Okay. Oh, it's still in Fantasyland. Okay, so so I would say compared to the the old Dumbo that they moved, yeah. Disneyland's is way better. Um, but it's, you know, the water elements and... I mean, the design wasn't too much different, but the water at the bottom, I think, made a big difference. Yeah, I think so. And the fact that it was by Casey Jr.'s train, you know, made mm -hmm. it more cohesive because they're from the same movie and you know yeah. tied everything together which is great mm -hmm. and then uh yeah but uh, here the new ones are, are just as nice if not nicer so yeah um what about peter pan's flight um i definitely like the magic kingdom version better absolutely um specifically well the the city is is much better it the disneyland version doesn't have the same music, I guess, when you come, the, around, yeah, when you come around the turn. It's not quite the same, like that ding, 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 ding. I think ding. the music's a little different, and I think that the Neverland in the Magic Kingdom is so much better. Oh, much better. Like yeah. that that more like overhead yeah. go-around that you do in Disneyland. 
I don't know, it's just weird. It's, it's not weird, all that. It's weird, it circles the tiny little uh, Neverland Island, which is weird, but it circles it forever, and you're yeah. in the star field, which is weird. But um, I mean, ours, it circles it piece by piece, and it is huge, and you get to see all these little things. And you you have see like, the Indians better. Yeah, the Indians, and they don't have the tinfoil volcano, which yeah. I love. Yeah, I just, I don't, I think, like we were saying, the facade is definitely much better, but the, the attraction at the Magic Kingdom is, I think, better. Marginally Marginally. I think, um, and the voice work, I think, is a little bit better in the Disneyland version. Right. And hopefully we'll get, you know, some new voice work when they, they refurb it. I doubt it. Yeah. Plus the, the Disneyland version hurts a lot more when it ducks. Oh, it does. It really does. Um, that's it. So how about, um, Mad Tea Party? Uh, I think Disneyland. But no, yeah, no, I picked Disneyland. I think I like the better, the lanterns better than the giant teapot in the middle. I like... It's hard to say. The, the, one of the reasons is that they have their own little Alice land over there. And it's kind of sunk in a little bit. It's sunk in a little bit. It's it cute. adds, like I said, to the kinetic energy. The uh, It's right next to the Alice in Wonderland Dark Ride, which is just phenomenal. It's like its own little uh, mini land over there, and I really like that. Yeah, I, I do, however, like... I kind of like the roof. I mean, I guess I like it both ways, but there's something charming about going into the roof and having a little lanterns and the teapot. Right. I do like the teapot. If the teapot was in the Disneyland version, that would make the ultimate mad tea party, I yeah. guess. Yeah, I just, I just like the hanging lanterns. I think it's very pretty, and at night it's gorgeous. It is. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, and the only thing a lot better is that the Disneyland version doesn't make that awful noise when it stops. Yeah. You know, uh, one thing we can talk about, even though it's gone now, is Snow White's Scary Adventure which is one of the most mind-boggling things I've ever experienced in my life is that it's the crazy. one in the Magic Kingdom was so much better than the one at Disneyland. It really was. It had a real story and you could follow along and Snow White was there the whole time and the witch wasn't peddling apples the whole the whole time. Yeah, at yeah, Disneyland that... she says apples a million times. Uh, and the, the, Yeah, and there's like all these extra scenes that are weird. That scene where she opens the door and she like I, suppose, I guess she's holding the apple out towards you. And it's supposed to be like a hologram, but, but it doesn't work. But it's just not effective at all. Not at all. But in Disney World, we have the, we have the transformation. Well, they, scene, they have the, dis they they have have the, the transformation two. both times. But, but the ours line, is in a better place. The line was better at Disney World, which was when she would turn around and she'd go, like, Never! And it was so good. But at Disneyland, she says, With this disguise, I'll fool them all. And it's not as good. I just feel like it starts right. Like the pacing in the Disney World version is much better. Yeah. Like I it think starts right better. off, you know, it starts off, okay, this is going to be scary. You go through a dungeon. Yeah, then, and, th and that's the then thing. Then, They're then cute. it's like, Oh, now we're at the, the, the dwarves. Where that's and the theirs thing. is like, Okay, yeah. now we're at the dwarves. We're ramping up, we're ramping up, we're ramping up, and it... it Two things better at Disneyland are the queue was much better. It's such a tight little squeeze, and you really feel like you're going into the Queen's Dungeon. And that tight little squeeze is not something that they would do today for heftier people. Mm -hmm. Which is, you know, neither here nor there. But uh, the other thing that was uh, better about the... Ugh, excuse me. The other thing that's better about the Disneyland version is that the ride narration at the beginning, the ride spiel is also by the witch, yes. which I think is really good theming because it ties the queue in with the ride spiel, yes. which I think is really neat. And then certain little aspects, like this, is a squirrel, the squirrel mm -hmm. doing, is he washing clothes? Yeah, washing clothes. Yeah, awesome. The, the, the organ, mm -hmm. oh, the that actually moves better. and stuff yeah. is way better. Anyway, the, the one in Disney World was better. Yeah. Overall. And very sad that it 
no longer exists. Yeah, that's a it's a shame. That's really a travesty. Um, let's see what else we have. A small world. Um, I wouldn't say one's better than the other. To yeah. be honest, the uh, the facade is better at Disneyland, but I, I kind facade of, is facade is definitely better in Disneyland. I kind of th I like the attraction more at Disney World. Yeah, kind of. I, I like li I like the full the full water, uh, the full that's like, right. the totally submerged attraction I, I as opposed to right. just having the the, the path. Yeah. I guess. Um, I think our uh, sort of is it jungle scene with the with the giraffes. I think that yeah. is so much better in it Disney really World. Is. Yeah, I mean it, it's sort of like okay, you know, we toss this together in a year at Disneyland, and it's a, a little bit obvious somewhat. Like right. the basic design idea is and really the, great, but like some of the execution is a little like cramped and small. Like paper mache hippopotamus and things yeah. like that. And we don't we don't mind the characters in it. I thought they you know they're not disturbing. You'd barely notice them. Yeah, the characters were great. I, thought I they think were they're awesome. great. But I, I think I enjoyed the Disney World version a little bit more. And I actually hope we get the characters. Oh, and you know what I don't like the America section of the Disneyland one. Yeah. Like why did we are in America? Yeah. It's, we you we understand that already. It's weird. It is weird, right? Cowboy, I don't know. Cowboys and Indians, I don't know. It's just not as good. And that is. But the facade is a thousand times better. Yeah. Um, so what else do we got? I think that's it, really. Um, we could talk about Pooh if you wanted to a little bit. Yeah, so I guess um, Winnie the Pooh, even though it's uh, not in Fantasyland at Disneyland, but it is at the Magic Kingdom, uh, they're for all intents and purposes the same, except for the storyline is a lot better at Disney World. Yeah, I mean it's a lot. Of, it's pretty different because you, the ride vehicle's totally different. Ours mm. is just the the Disney World version, is just a honeypot. Yeah. That rolls. Yeah. The Disneyland version is a honeycomb. No, it, it's kind of. No, thing. I think it's a. I think it's a. No, it's like a beehive. Is it? Yeah, like, like honey, like yeah, like a beehive or honeycomb. Thing. Yeah. And, and, it, uh, and it bounces kind of the whole time. Yeah, it bounces like on its the whole time, which is weird. It, it kind of makes you a little nauseous. I think the storyline and the flow of the Walt Disney, the Magic Kingdom version, is just way better. Yeah, I think so. I agree and like with the, that for sure. It seems like their Humphrey sections a little better, maybe? Maybe a little bit. Just because it's a, long, a little longer. The weird thing is that at the end of the Disneyland version, it's Winnie the Pooh's birthday, and, and yeah. they don't really mention that throughout the entire attraction to the very end. Oh, it's your birthday. And that's kind of very weird. And uh, also they don't have the really good rain, rain, rain. Yes, that scene, scene. is the best. And that's yeah. really good in the Magic Kingdom. And they, I don't think that they have that Disney. Yeah, that's one of, that is one of the rooms that feels just so cozy and warm and nice yeah, to me for I some reason. I love that room. Like I could just totally take a nap in there. I would love to take a nap in that room. And yeah, Disneyland does not have have any of those. Yeah. People hate on Winnie, the Winnie the Pooh dark ride a lot, but I, I yeah, really I love like it. it. I, you know what? The Disneyland version is like a little longer and has more time for its its storytelling. And which you know what? And theoretically it would be good, except that the, I don't know, the quickness of the Magic Kingdom is sort of what makes it so great. Yeah. It's like you, well, you, know, it's you like run a classic through the dark ride. Yeah. You run through you know? the, the, you know, blessed your day and then. Yeah. It's a classic dark ride. I do like the location of the Disneyland version in Critter Country. I think I that did. really works yeah. really well. And the, uh, the, the music. The exterior loop. background music loop. If anybody, please. Send it to us. If anybody has the exterior background music loop for the Winnie the Pooh attraction at Disneyland in Critter Country, it is all of the songs from the attraction 
and it has a lot of accordion on it. If anyone has a recording of that, I would really, I would love you forever. I'll send you, what, what will I send them? Some sort of prize. Maybe I'll, may, I'll write a song about you. That's what I'll do. If anyone wants to send that to me, disneyhipsters at gmail.com. That would be awesome. Yes, I think that's about it for our Fantasyland comparison. Yeah. I mean, I think they, they each have their pluses or minuses. I guess our final question, if you had to pick one, which one would you pick? For me? Mm-hmm. I uh, I think Disneyland, Fantasyland, 100%. I, yeah. yeah, I totally agree. Is I there a question? Disneyland as well. Is that most you, people it's not even a question. There's a, twice as many attractions, not to mention the Stinking Matterhorn, which is amazing. Yeah. Uh, the atmosphere is better. Uh, the food is comparable, whatever. That yeah, I could live without the food. The background music is pretty much the same. Mm. It just has a better feel for it. And it's stinking humongous. It goes all the way back to... Uh, to uh, It's a small world, which is ridiculous. It's just so cute. Yeah, it's so, so it's cute. It's cute and cozy, and it has wonderful attractions, and I would trade ours for it in a hot second. And I know we didn't really talk about it, and we'll get... I'm sure that we'll have a whole show dedicated to these couple of attractions, but Casey Jr., and the canal boats are really, really underrated, amazing mm. attractions. Never mind. They're so old school. The amazing Alice in Wonderland Dark Ride. Forget about it. The amazing Pinocchio's Daring Journey Dark Ride. They're terrific. And the wonderful Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. I want to say that the Pinocchio Dark Ride is one of the most underrated attractions in all of uh, Disney parks. I agree. I really feel like it gets shit on a lot, and that's ridiculous. I shouldn't say shit. You shouldn't curse. That's bad. Well, I feel like a Disney I feel like people don't really care for that. Which makes you be better. Which is ridiculous. Okay. Um, so that's, that's really it. Oh, you know what we forgot to mention real quick? Because it doesn't really seem like part of um, the Disneyland Fantasyland, but Pixie Hollow is actually part of it. Yeah, Pixie Hollow's all right. And it's just, you know, it's, it's cute. Yeah, it's, it's all right. It's, it's a it's a teapot house, you know, yeah. big flowers. It's okay. It's just kind of fun. I do like meeting the fairies, but their, their house in uh, Adventureland of the Magic Kingdom is just as good. Yeah. Kind of like, you know, apples and oranges. Yeah, I kind of like the one Magic Kingdom. Yeah, it's good. Eventually. Yeah, it doesn't take a more tucked away. Yeah, I like that it's tucked away better. Plus, you can meet Terrence. Oh, I love. I love Terrence. Okay, so, yeah, I guess that's it. So we got a very good question via Twitter from our friend Jamie, who uh, we interact with regularly over on the uh, Twitter. Yeah, the Twitter. And she asks us, what is our ideal day at Disney? Um, Adam? Okay. So I guess I'll, I'll say Disney World. I'll assume that we're talking about Disney World. Because yeah, that not? is our default park. Yeah. Um, so I did not think about this in advance, so I'm just sort of going to rattle off. Yeah. Um, my ideal day would be me waking up in my Savannah View room at the Animal Kingdom Lodge mm-hmm. um, at about, I don't know, maybe 7.30, um, getting dressed, going downstairs to the Mara, refilling my mug with some hot tea and getting a blueberry muffin. You love those muffins. <laughs> with the sugar on top. Uh, Eat it in the car while we drive over to the Magic Kingdom. Mm-hmm. Uh, do a rope drop, bust out Fantasyland, maybe hit up a hoedown, 
you know, go on Splash Mountain, go on Big Thunder, um, maybe a little Pirates, then get some lunch at Pecos Bill, mm -hmm. and then maybe leave, go back to the hotel, sit around for about an hour, it's about noon, maybe one o'clock, uh, head out to the water park, maybe go to Typhoon Lagoon, sit in the Levy River for a couple of hours, uh, go on a couple of various slides, get wet, nice. that kind of thing. Uh, and then go back to the room, relax for another couple of hours, and then maybe head over to Epcot, sort of tour the countries, do some Maelstrom, do some Grand Fiesta tour, eat, eat dinner somewhere like Rose and Crown. Yeah. And watch Illumination. That sounds great. Yeah. Yeah. That would be a good day for me. Yeah. All right, well, mine's uh, pretty similar in the fact that I would definitely be doing a rope drop as well. I would uh, be staying at the Animal Kingdom Lodge for sure. It's my favorite resort. Uh, I would definitely go to the Mara and I would fill, I would refill my mug just like you would, but mine would be with the Nescafe. And I would also get a delicious uh, breakfast quinoa, which is so good. You would. I love those things. And you know what? I'm not going to go to the Magic Kingdom for my rope drop. I'm going to go to Animal Kingdom, which I love. And it's so close, and we wouldn't have to wake up as early, which is great. Um, the first attraction we normally do is Expedition Everest. It's uh, the hardest one to get on later in the day. So we do that. We go on Primeval World, Dinosaur, Kilimanjaro Safaris. Oh, our day there is done. We might go back to the hotel, but I'm going to say that we're not going to go back to the hotel. We're going to, after having lunch at Restaurantosaurus first, mm. we're going to go over to Blizzard Beach, which is my favorite of the two water parks. It is indeed. Which I love. I love going down the Summit Plummet. That is the only reason that you like that. I really do. And if but you we go do on love it, Ice Gator. If you go on Summit Plummet twice in one day, you have a bruise on your bottom for weeks. It's true. I'm not even kidding. I had a bruise on my bottom it's for true. weeks. And they have an ice cave. Yeah, and they have an ice cave. And an ice gator, which and I also I love, mentioned. But I love the ice again. cave and the ice cater, and their store is called Beach House, like the band. Oh, you know what I didn't mention in mine, but it would apply to yours too? What's that? Mini donuts. Yeah. When we were in the water parks, we'd have to have mini donuts with chocolate dipping sauce. And if you've ever had, never had them, please do. Now see, this is the point that I would go back to the resort and hang out. Adam normally takes a nap midday. Not after. always. He, he tends to take a nap. Um, we would... Uh, relax a little bit. I'd go sit by the pool. I might have a margarita at the pool bar. You Prob would. Uh, probably. Or you would get a Coors. Or I would get a Coors Light. From the Mara. From the Mara. It is a, currently, I think, 525. It's a good or deal. You could, here's a really good deal, is you can get a six pack of beer in the store, not at the Mara, but at the uh, store, the Zah Zawadi Traders or whatever, uh -huh. whatever that store is called. And you, I think it's $15, so you would be saving a lot of money if you just get the six-pack and put it in your refrigerator. Yeah, even though it is a rip-off, and yes, you can get them cheaper elsewhere, but we're too lazy for that. Well, I'm not going off property just to buy beer. That's silly. Buy a six-pack at Zawadi Trader. I think it's Trader's, yeah. but it's Zawadi something. You're on vacation. Just buy your beer from Disney. Yeah, just buy it from Disney. But if you buy the six-pack and put it up in your room, then you're saving a lot of money. That's true. Anyway... And just like Adam, I would go to Epcot after we've relaxed for a few hours. But I don't think I would have a rose and crown. I think that I would like, on this ideal Disney day, I would like Via Napoli. I want to get the mushroom pizza, mm. which I love. And unlike Adam, I would, in addition to strolling around the world, I'd be drinking around the world. You would. I would definitely be drinking around the world. Uh, I, I'm not, I don't have the tolerance to drink 11 
different beers from a lot of different countries. You would vomit. But I get, I get, I can get pretty close. I can probably do like five or six. And I would watch Illuminations, and because I've had four or five beers, I would start crying. Yeah. Because I'm a big woman like that, and I start crying during any of the nighttime shows. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. And that would be our night, and we'd go back, and maybe we'd go back to the resort, and oh, maybe if I it's, forgot about that. We'd go in the jacuzzi. Yeah, if it's late, if it's uh, not too late, we would go in the jacuzzi, and I'd put my little aching legs in yes. there, and I would probably if there's no kids have jacuzzi. one more Coors Light. If for any of you parents out there, your kids shouldn't be in the jacuzzi. Yeah, why are your kids in the jacuzzi? Could you tell them to not go in the jacuzzi? It's kind of stated right on the rules that your kids should not be in the jacuzzi by and themselves. It's just proper etiquette. Yeah, it it's really is. It's not for playing, it's for relaxing. Because listen, if your kids, if your 12 year old kids are in the jacuzzi, I'm going to feel like a total big fat creep getting in there with them. So just tell them not to because I'm the one paying for my vacation. They're not paying for anything. That's true. And so I don't want to feel like a big creep. So I just don't go in the jacuzzi and, and it's have, my vacation. They have a giant pool. Yeah, they, go can in go, the pool. they can go in the pool. They're fine. Just saying. Leave the jacuzzi to the adults. The only other thing that can make them a night more perfect is if if Epcot happened to have extra magic hours, we'd watch Illuminations, and then we would do a couple more things, and then head out and do one last ride in Spaceship Earth. Oh, that's the best. I just want to throw that out there. That's the best. Because that what? really makes the night totally magical. But you're kind of mentioning this right now, and I think the biggest wasted extra magic hours are at Epcot. I think they're kind they of are. horrible. Yeah, they are. But at the same time, you can go out and Spaceship Earth. They're pretty horrible. After the Illuminations, which is awesome. And we'd like to thank our good friend Jamie over at Twitter. You can follow her at at J Flowers Ashley. We know she has an awesome Disney World trip coming up, I think in December, and we're gonna definitely be following her tweets and you should as well. Mm -hmm. If you have any questions for us, you can send them to us at Disney Hipsters via Twitter. Thanks for listening to this ridiculous episode of the Disney Hipster Podcast. You can read our daily posts on all things Disney at www.disneyhipsters.com. Follow us on Twitter at Disney Hipsters or like us on Facebook. Goodbye. Goodbye.